from Hollywood, California. The east, you gotta, you go east of there, and you keep going east in Connecticut. It's the Mike, Mike, and Oscars Award Show with your hosts, Mike One and also Mike. <laughs> oh, I love this show every year. I really do. I, I think this is uh, one of the most fun episodes to put together. I have mm. no idea if it's the most fun episode to record or <laughs> listen to. I was telling you last night, it's weird that like you would think a simple award show, it's the same. We do something different every year. We mm-hmm. have a different structure to the Mike, Mike, and Oscars every single year. We do. And so that's, and that's we're no gonna, different this year. We're going to keep changing. We yeah. always change. That's what you can count on with the Mike Mike. A lack of consistency is a hallmark of MMO, and we stand by that. Uh, and to prove as much, we're going to like do some different things in this episode where we're going to make some declarations. And I kind of want to do some broad ones to start, mm-hmm. and then we'll have some specific ones later on. These are also Mike declarations. I don't even know if you've seen them yet. So you can say true or false, you can disagree, or you could just... You know, uh, agree with all of them like you should every time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you're going to say. But we'll, well, is that we'll what we're starting? Out. Is that is this the declaration section to start, or what are we talking about to, it, to recap is, the year with? This is the broad declaration. So, yeah, it was a great year for certain things, Michael. All right. So welcome to the Mike, Mike, and Oscars, our award show that we put on every year. It, it does change every year. The, the presentation of it is a little different each year. And so this year we're starting off and kind of recapping the film year of 2022 before the Oscars are underway. And we're going to talk about what it was a great year for. And it was, in fact, a great year for horror. And you can go back and listen to our fifth annual Scaries, our horror movies award show that we put on every October 31st. And yes, uh, we did try to avoid too much overlap because I thought we had a good showcase episode there for horror films, but they'll still show up today as well. Yes, they will. Uh, It was a great year for film festivals in 2022. Uh, 2023 might not be quite as good uh, if you listen to our Sundance episode, <laughs> but uh, I did enjoy uh, taking in the uh, festivals of the past year. I did three big ones, Sundance, Tribeca, and the New York Film Festival, so go back and hear our coverage. It was also a great year. I have to mention this because it doesn't really flow into the show otherwise. A great year for made-for-TV and just streaming movies, Michael, in the sense that there was no theatrical release for Rise, Honor Society, Fire Island, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, A Christmas Story Christmas. Movies of this ilk that I enjoyed way too much, and I, I, I do, do not apologize. there, too, right? What, yeah. Oh, God. Pray. Oh, my yeah. goodness gracious. Know, thank you. You're very, very high on that. Yeah. Hugely high. Love uh, and yeah, I, I agree with that. And I also, uh, you know, much of the Academy, uh, the the Academy chagrin and the Directors Guild chagrin. It was a great year for female filmmakers: Maria Schrader of She Said, Gina Prince Bythewood of The Woman King, Sarah Polly from Women Talking, Helena Rain, Bodies, 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 Mimi K from Fresh, Charlotte Wells for After Sun, Amy Poehler for Lucy and Desi. Great year uh, for female filmmakers up and down the board card there, even though the uh, Directors Guild and the Academy would probably have you believing otherwise. Yeah, I'm going to pile on Domi Shi, Ali Hay Pasalo, Oren Zegman, Laura, Laura Poitras, Audrey Duan, Carrie Cracknell, Laura de Clermont Tonnerre, I suck at French, Alice Jop, <laughs> Antonetta Alamat Kusianovich, uh, Emily Madavian, Mary Kreutzer, Emma Holly Jones. Just to name a few that uh, that show up in our top fifties. So, amen. Great year for female filmmaking. Poor year for mic pronunciation. Yes, as always, always. You can go for either either mic. <laughs> Here, all right. So that's the intro to the show. Let's begin with our official awards program. We'll have the the potent potables as they are of MMOs, the Mike Mike and Oscars Awards. Michael. Yeah, best achievement in wig or hair or hair extensions this year. I'm expanding mm-hmm. it a little bit. Okay. We have. Stephanie Shoes crocheted bagel atop mm-hmm. her head and everything everywhere. We have Chris Hemsworth's Guns and Roses hair extends <laughs> in Thor Love and Thunder. We yep. have Vicky Crepes Rapunzel'd locks in Corsage. Mm-hmm. We have Viola Davis's Warrior Mohawk in The Woman King. We have Miles Teller's Tellers mustache in Top Gun Maverick. And look at we have Bad Bunny's hairdo that all of the kids I coach now emulate from Bullet Train. 
So what is it, this running theme? You just hate the kids you coach this year? Is that what it is? No, they just all have bad buddies. I feel like you've had a lot of complaints about them this year. I cannot do the cool kid hairdos anymore, so I'm jealous. It's just seething jealousy that Bad Bunny looks as cool as he does in Bullet Train and and their... Great Grammys performance, too, starting off the show from him. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... Look, I, I tend to lean more towards the natural hair and the people that actually did what they did with their facial hair or their hair on their head. And with apologies to Miles Teller's mustache, which I'm sure you are uh, pulling for. I think it has to be Viola Davis. Uh, Zimkita Quiza, my apologies again, pronunciation not our strong suit, but uh, wrote a piece for In Style this past September when the Woman King debuted talking about head hair designer Louisa Anthony's approach to the Dahomey Warriors hair and their braiding and their washing regimen that the actors had to do on set to get that look down. And I'm pretty sure after reading that, that's Viola Davis's actual hair Mm -hmm. that she dealt with and had in that kind of style. So she not only transformed her entire body for this role, but she transformed her skull as well. Uh, I don't know. I've said this all along. I have no idea why that was never in consideration for the Hair and Makeup uh, Academy Award. But it's frustrating. I, 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 I'm going with the woman for Viola Davis and the Woman King there. Well, here's where the Woman King had another superlative too in terms of the production design because you believe they can get the hair right when you know we we spend so much time in their training barracks and certainly in their their spa like that mm-hmm. cave spa was awesome. So I yeah, believe it. I'm gonna go with uh, I got to go with Stephanie Shoes crocheted bagel yeah. on top of her head. She had multiple looks and everything everywhere, and I was trying to decide. And unfortunately, like a tell in some of these categories is like what I write down first, and I wrote down her first, and mm-hmm. therefore, there she is. All right, <laughs> we'll, we'll move on to costume of the year. We have Bjork as the Cirrus in The Northman. Mm-hmm. Costume of the year could be Emma Thompson as Agatha Trunchbull in Ronald Dole's the, uh, Matilda the Musical. You love Matilda. You love Emma Thompson in Matilda. <laughs> I loved Emma Thompson in Matilda. Yeah. I, I didn't love the movie necessarily. It was kind of just a little wacky for me. But uh, I can't bring myself to watch it. Anyway, we have Jobu jo Tupaki. I'm turning it into Michelle Yeoh. We have <laughs> Jobu Tupaki's glitter clown look at the end of Everything Everywhere All at Once. We have Austin Butler as many of of the iterations of Elvis, but I'm picking old Elvis. And we have Costume of the Year, gotta mention it, Brendan Fraser in The Whale. I refuse to believe The Northman came out this year. Mm. No. I will bet my entire (laughs) net worth that movie came out like 2017 at the latest at this point for how how long this year has been. It's been a long year. (laughs) Yeah. So that's eliminated. That that wasn't an actual 2022 film. All right, moving on. I think it's got to be, for, like, if we're to have any credibility or integrity whatsoever as Oscars pundits, we should probably be giving the fake awards to the costumes and makeup that's going to be winning the real awards, right? Hmm. Yeah, sure. Why not? So, <laughs> the whale's probably going to win one of those categories. If not, it's Elvis. Yeah. God, Tom Hanks' makeup was bad in Elvis. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I'm going with Brendan Fraser. Look, I'm going to say Bjork, uh, not Bjork, in, as the Cirrus. If you actually look, and I've studied stills of her costume in The mm. Northman, it is so out there. My God, I almost called this like the the Eye Grabber Award, but I just couldn't come up with a good uh, title. I just, said, I, I just said, fuck it, costume of the year. But... <laughs> That co- costume blew me away. I was like, what the hell are we in, t- in for with this movie, The Northman? And we were in for a movie, Michael. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're going to do the declarations as we go in terms of announcing them. But I'm going to make this one in terms of production values that have been underserved in this award show. We're going to do a, a special on production values with a returning guest coming up. But yes, it's in part because of this reason, Michael. I have the best achievements in cinematography, sound, score, song, stunts. You added this late. (laughs) VFX, editing, mustache, sunglasses, and America. I have those best achievements for Top Gun Maverick. You want to just give your best picture right now? (laughs) Everybody knew going in where that was going. This is like one of those runaway years. (laughs) Yeah, for you, sure. All right, we have uh, which character type, Michael? 
which character type had the best year in movies? This might be your best category. All right. Once in a while. you've come up with. I do a good job. Okay. Yeah. Killer Santa Clauses. We had Violent Night and Christmas Bloody Christmas. Schmave loved Violent Night, by the way. Good. I, he he yeah. might like Christmas Bloody Christmas, even though it's some some edgy dialogue. It was it was kind of fun, too. A little mm. too much neon. Yeah. Right. I, I like Violent Night myself. Uh, we have character type that had the best year in movies, Cannibals. Cannibals had a good year. <laughs> yes, Fre- did. Fresh, Bones and All, Hellbender, The Sadness. Dahmer the- on TV. Ooh. Not movies, but yeah. There you go. We have Multiversers. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Everything Everywhere All at Once. Sure. Uh, I, I would probably say Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers I should have added to that. There you and, go. And then we have the fighter pilots of Top Gun Maverick and <laughs> Devotion. Good year. Uh, how many times in life do you get to choose between cannibals and fighter pilots, right? That's why I like this category. <laughs> Those opportunities don't come all around Good. very often. <laughs> On the whole, I feel like things went better for fighter pilots in these films than the cannibals, but I get also if that's the the, you know... <laughs> the requisite content for voting in this, then nobody had a better year than Killer Santas, uh, right? Okay, they yeah. make out the best. I think they had a good year. I mean, all four are worthy uh, nominees in this category. Yeah, re- I, I agree, except that I'm sure DC is in the process of helping Marvel ruin multiverses for me. They're trying. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be multiversed out in like another six months. Well, that so. might be Chapter Three. The, the you know in terms of Mr. Gunn's phases yeah. that are not phases that are chapters, right? So it That's may may be, it may be yeah. uh, you know seven years from now yet. All right, before well, that seven happens. years, six months. Time is a flat circle, as we've talked about many times here. I'll go fighter pilots just okay. because I feel dirty picking cannibals. I'm gonna go cannibals. I'll feel right. the, I'll feel the dirt because <laughs> it's an unusually great year for cannibal movies. Yeah, like it was. all four That's of those true. movies are pretty good. Yeah. So. I'm a little surprised. I usually, um, I'm not a fan of eating other human flesh, but there we go. It's good to take a stance every once in a while, regardless how politically controversial it may be. Yeah, it was not a great year for real cannibals, let's say, like Army (laughs) Hammer, but otherwise fake ones. (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly on the movie screens. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the most achievement in British, Michael. Yes. We have Colin Firth in Operation Mincemeat. (laughs) <laughs> we have Bill Nye in, in Living. We have Leslie Manville in Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Downton Abbey, A New Era, just everything about it. Mm-hmm, and Ronald Dwell's uh, Matilda the Musical. What in God's name is Operation Mincemeat? <laughs> it is a World War II film about the, the back rooms of uh-huh. planning various... Hitler interference messaging. And this is uh, something you've just made up along with the title? Now? Uh, this is Operation Mincemeat is, is about like created? these covert ops where they're trying to fool Hitler and the Germans I about uh, a certain operation that was entitled Mincemeat. I watched it. I didn't pay attention very closely. <laughs> Colin well, Firth. Sounds, right. He was very British. It sounds like it's like that fake Jack Black Cloris Leachman movie from The Office that they were watching. You know, like that's what I got. That's not a real movie. That's disqualified. You're not fooling me. Um, if Living sweeps the BAFTAs, that's the winner. Yeah. But barring that, and because Downton Abbey took place in France for a, a majority of its movie, I think it has to be Leslie Manville is paid to be around dresses. Chapter two. Yeah, so, could be. Even though that is in Paris, by the way. It's a good point, yeah, but it's Leslie Manville, and I think a Phantom Thread. Okay. You look like Snoopy, and that makes me smile. <laughs> I'm going to pick Bill Nye in Living. Yeah, that's the right answer. I, the right I, answer. You, know, you were going there, but anyway. Uh, speaking of movies that might not be actual <laughs> movies, I just threw this in there. I was just curious if you can guess this one. Okay. All right, can you guess which one of these nominees is not a movie? Yes, I take it back. This is your best category. Go ahead. Vesper. Yep. Father Stew. Okay. The Integrity of Joseph Chambers. Right. Carmen. Mm-hmm. Charlotte. <laughs> or The Tale of King Crab. Which okay. one of those the is The only not one a movie? I know is a movie is Father Stew. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say because of your affinity for the crab people and South Park, The Tale of King Crab isn't, but I don't know. <laughs> the, the Tale of King Crab is, in fact, an Ita- I believe it's an Italian movie that I have not oh, seen. No. 
it's it, it's like a 2021-2022 movie. It was a New York Film Festival movie. I want to see it. It's on my list. I, I want I want to believe you came up with the integrity of Joseph Chambers because that's a great fake movie title, but I don't think you did. <laughs> all of those are real movies, Michael. Oh, they're all real. <laughs> it was a trick question. <laughs> it was a the trick integrity question. of Joseph Chambers is a great fake movie title. <laughs> <laughs> they were all movies, and I liked yeah. the integrity of Joseph Chambers. And I liked Charlotte, and I I did not. Charlotte, love. I knew. Yeah, Charlotte rings a bell. Carmen, Carmen would have been my second guess. Carmen and Vesper and Father Stu, I did not love. Even though Father Stu had a good ending, I enjoyed the ending of it. Just took took too long to get there. Anyway, the Mike Mike and Oscar for the worst film poopy goes to <laughs> yes. a man called Otto, right. Morbius, Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank, another great Do- title. Don't make me go Samaritan, or perhaps you would like to write. To have a write-in answer here, Michael. <laughs> so, just going down the list, a couple uh, entries here. Samaritan, I had blacked out of my head. I had to look up what that is, and it, it brought me instant PTSD once I remembered it was that Sly Stallone Amazon superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Did that, you know Don't movie. Make Me Go carries almost a seven on I IMDb? I don't care. I on over 3,000 votes? That movie, that's a really good movie for, like, all of it until the last scene. <laughs> I love John Cho. I love the acting, the directing, everything. And then the last scene of that movie assassinates the entire film worse than ever anything I've ever watched in my life. Mm. Never right. turned against a movie harder. Otherwise, so great f- job by everybody. You, so you were a fan of it? or? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I should write in Avatar 2. I, I will take a principled stance for once in my life and in this show, and probably the only time in this show, and, and go double down on something we've already alluded to. Uh, the, the film poopy goes to both the DGA and the Academy for okay. their continued treatment of black women and women directors in general, respectively. Unrespectively, right, I, I guess. Yeah, but, I don't know yeah. how to follow that soapboxing. And, and nah, just again, you, go. you know, going off the rails immediately in this episode. But uh, I'm going to say. I figured Amanda- I should be serious in the spots we can take them, you know? Okay. I'm going to immediately. Uh, I'm, I'm going to immediately have to follow that up with a man called Otto, which I also right. didn't like. <laughs> An equal travesty for different reasons. I'm glad you used that, you know, title, that award title, worst film poopy to take a, yeah, political stand. But you're right. You're yeah, I agree. All right. Best and worst achievement in vacation. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's got to be the best and the worst. Okay, at uh, a movie vacation. And we know what the worst is. Speak no evil. Right. But this is both. Okay. okay. After Sun. Shut Terrible up. Terrible movie. No, shut up. Yeah. Uh, gl- you haven't even seen it. Have After- not seen it. Won't watch it, actually. <laughs> you refuse to watch it because everybody loves it so much. You just can't like things, can you? <laughs> just just like a movie. All right. Glass Onion. Mm-hmm. Best and worst achievement in vacation. Men. <laughs> Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. <laughs> Triangle of Sadness, yep. and The Eternal Daughter. Best and worst achievement in vacation. They're all great nominees for this category, and I know a thing or two about horrible vacations. <laughs> Can you imagine going on vacation and hallucinating your former or current abuser's face on random oh, people you run yeah. into while you're already unable to tell reality from fiction, only to have it all culminate one night with a giant uterine sack magically birthing itself on your front lawn in the middle of the night. And then you have to go back to work and realize you had to use PTO to experience all that. But that's a worst. Is it the, also the best, though? I mean, well, the countryside, was, the countryside was beautiful. It was beautiful. All right. You're going to go with that. Um Mrs. I was, Harris goes to Paris. No, I was, I was going to agree with you. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris is the correct answer. Why? Because it's asinine that she could just take over like House of Gucci. She takes it over <laughs> and she runs shit. And it's completely ridiculous. But it's also great and I love to watch it. So mm. anyway, I really didn't follow my criteria either. I was going to say, there's no worst there. <laughs> no, it was it was, uh, it was asinine, but I agreed with it. So let her, you know, take it to the French. Good. I agree. All right. That's one also Mike declaration. Let Leslie Manville take it to the French. Let's let's have some other ones here. Best drama or musical also Mike. Elvis. Mm-hmm. It's correct. What's what's even in second place? Uh, 
drama or musical? Moonage, Moonage Daydream or Moonage? Yeah. I think Moonage. it's Moonage. Yeah. Cabbage Daydream. <laughs> Best movie about movies that nobody saw. Official competition starring Penelope Cruz, Antonio Banderas, and Oscar Martinez. All right. Good movie. Does Penelope Cruz and Antonio Banderas, are they contractually obligated to be in one movie with each other like per every five years? I'm fine with it. All right. Me too. Mm-hmm. Speaking of hot people, hottest romance. Fire of love. Next question. <laughs> okay, best. This is terrible. Best teenage dirtbag movie. Honor society, but an honorable mention of due revenge. I don't do cocaine. Most <laughs> awkward good movie. Cha cha real smooth. I think you'd That's agree. Absolutely correct. One thousand percent. That's the most true statement anyone's ever said about film. <laughs> the funnest movie title to say of twenty twenty two. Corsage. Corsage. <laughs> Michael, we're going to move on to Friendship of the Year. It wasn't us. Jennifer Lawrence and Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway. Always the bridesmaid, us, never the bride. Channing Tatum and Dog and Dog. Mm-hmm. Michelle Yeoh and Jamie Lee Curtis and Everything Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Beam and Raju in RRR. Sure. And, and Pedro Pascal's Javi and Nicolas Cage playing himself in the unbearable weight of massive talent. Pedro Pascal low-key had a hell of a year right up there with, like, Jenna Ortega. Totally. As far as breakout years there. Uh, it, the answer may be Jamie Lee Curtis and Michelle Yeoh on the Oscars trail, but just as actresses, not for the characters they played in any movie. <laughs> I want to get one of those T-shirts, damn it. But I'm afraid <laughs> of your heckling because it's become a thing mm-hmm. that I, I, don't, I, I don't think I'm getting one. <laughs> okay, well. I'm sure that won't be any psychological damage coming from that in a couple of years. I guess with apologies to Brian Tyree, David Henry, and the RRR blokes there, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't have many rules in life, but one of the ones I will always abide by is that dogs are better than people. So Channing Tatum and dog and dog. I, I could see that. I'm going to say Beam and Raju and RRR because yeah. it's three hours of bromance and it's wonderful. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tough category to pick from here because it's... Yeah, it yeah, in real life, I would say Michelle Yeoh and Jamie Lee, but uh, I'll go with Beam and Raju. Okay, worst friendship of the year, Michael. We have, of course, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell's characters in The Banshees of Inisherin. Naturally. We have Diego Calva and all of Hollywood, especially Margot Robbie and Babylon. <laughs> we have Antonio Banderas and Oscar Martinez in official competition. That's <laughs> like uh, the sleuth of... Uh, Battle of Wits. It's like like a cat and mouse game between these two actors who hate each other. Uh, we have Bjorn and Patrick and Speak No Evil, Morton yeah. Burian and Feja uh, Van Hewitt, uh, the actors. And then we have, of course, Julia Thistleway and Selena Dalton in Mr. Malcolm's List, played by Zawi Ashton and Frida Pinto. Oh, Michael, the dastardly daring do of Mr. Malcolm's List. You're not going to find another award show with more Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris or Mr. Malcolm's List than the Mike, Mike, and Oscars. <laughs> no, you won't. The uh, The worst friendship of the year is Bjorn and Patrick, and I will be speaking no further on this matter so as not to run the risk of upsetting anyone related to that movie or any characters in it. Uh, I agree. Okay. Um, moving on to the Old Hot Sex Award. <laughs> AV, excuse me. <laughs> this is going to be hard. Allie and Ava, which mm-hmm. is a good movie. <laughs> You're a bad person. Mrs. Patmore and Mr. Mason in Downtown Abbey. <laughs> I can't even say it. Downtown Abbey, a new era. The old hot sex award could go to Hot Dog Finger, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Michelle Yeoh of Everything Everywhere. Jesus Christ. <laughs> could go to Jerry and Marge Go Large, enough said. Mm-hmm. Could also be the name of a porno. Good luck to you, Leo Grand, Emma Thompson, and Daryl. the name of a porno. Emma Thompson and Daryl McCormick, or George Clooney and Julia Roberts in Ticket to Paradise. Should be a porno. It's also Bjorn and Patrick again, and again, I will not be speaking any further on this matter. I don't know, man. I guess. <sighs> what are you doing here? The old hot sex award. I don't know. It was just, it was, it was, it was there. I could have done Good it. for Emma Thompson for, uh. For being in that role. That's, that'll be my pick. Emma Thompson and Daryl McCormick. Good luck to you, Leo Grant. Okay, I'm, my face is red. I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Let's do some more awesome Mike declarations here. The best courtroom drama of this year. St. Omer, to get serious for a minute. Really good movie. Uh, honorable mention, Argentina 1985. Another good movie. All right. St. Omer, the winner there. Best journalism movie. I think we'd both agree, She Said. 
Damn right. Best cannibal movie. Very similar to a journalism movie. Cannibal romance. Mm. Uh, bones and all. Yeah. Find me a better cannibal movie than them that year. Well, fresh fresh is pretty good. Uh, yeah, you're true. probably right. Bones and all. Uh, the best basketball movie of the year. Rise. It's not Hustle. Wow. Hustle was good, too, but the Giannis Antetokounmpo's story was better, in my opinion. I feel like you're just saying that to needle me as a Celtics fan, and I won't I, be here for it. I am. All right. Best music documentary. I have a feeling I know where you're going with this. Moonage Daydream. All right. Mm-hmm. Best achievement in horse. I hope you rot in hell for making me read this. <laughs> nope. Slight, <laughs> slightly over Bitterbrush, which is also a great horse movie. The horses in Nope were quite beautiful. Horses are a beautiful animal. They don't need this many films about them. Uh, best dog movie or best movie in dog? Uh, dog. Yeah. Dog. Dog, dog was right. the best. <laughs> well, mo- yeah. To best. I don't know what to name these categories sometimes. But look at This is like the most acting. So whoever did the most acting, uh, I want to give the award for best heliocentric Carrying performance. The film, basically. In a movie. Best heliocentric performance. Uh, like the son of the movie. Okay. Daniel Jimenez, Cacho, and Bardo. Mm-hmm. Anna Diarmas and Blonde. Right. John Boyega and Breaking. Mm-hmm. Vicky Crepes and Corsage. Yeah. I'm trying to say it properly. Corsage. I still screwed it up. Austin Butler and Elvis. Will Smith and Emancipation. Mm-hmm. Rebecca Hall and Resurrection. Kate Blanchett and Tar, Andrea Riseborough and To Leslie, or Brendan Fraser in The Whale. All right. Well, I mean, look, Mike, I don't know if you've seen it or have been told, but I just talked to Courtney Cox before we got online here today. <laughs> and the thing she has told me about how Andrea Riseborough's performance is in To Leslie, I mean, really, just not. Nah, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, look, in a lot of ways, Elvis doesn't work, right? And I think that was reflected in our review and our grades. But it shouldn't work in so many other ways. The only reason it does work as well as it does, I think, is because Austin Butler is in every single scene of that movie putting on the best performance of the year. And I do think it is the best performance of the year, in my opinion, over Kate Blanchett, which I'd probably have just behind him at number two. Uh, nice. It, it's it's got to be Austin Butler and Elvis. He well, is look, that movie. I... I... I'm close to agreeing with you. I've been on the I've been on the Austin Butler train as well, yeah. but I, I I have been saying Kate Blanchett's performance was the best of the year all year, and I got to stick to it. Um, sure, uh, makes sense. Uh, we're we're very white in our answers here, but how it, it, close to were you to picking Andrea Riseborough? Uh not that close. Even okay. though it's, she's good, she's a deserving nominee in this case. In no, this she, case. she is. She is. All right, <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about a best performances showdown. All right, so this is two performances in the same movie. We have Colin Farrell versus Brendan Gleeson in Banshees. We have Tang Wei and Park Hae-il in Decision to Leave. So underrated. We have Michelle Yeoh versus Stephanie Hsu in Everything Everywhere. Mm-hmm. We have Emma Thompson versus Daryl McCormick in Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. And we have Anya Taylor-Joy versus Ray Fiennes in The Menu. I just watched that last night, finally. Good. Did you like um, it? Parts. Okay. Didn't like the ending. I wish I didn't ask the question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't like... Taylor-Joy was very, very good. I mean, those two are very, very good. In it. They're both very good. Those are uh, great performances. The ending, I, I, I was like, what? what's going on? What I immediately, doing? I immediately crave what she ate at the end. Of the oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that... You look. <laughs> That's what I'm doing jump. after yeah. this. Might have to hit pause right now and run out and get one. <laughs> good. Good idea. Anyway. And a boat to eat it on. All right. Best showdown of performances. So shout out to both the McDonough, Aaron Go Bra boys there and the decision to leave Leeds, mm-hmm. despite the fact that neither of those pairings actually turned into werewolves. Um, <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> Michelle Yeoh may win lead actress mm-hmm. and Stephanie Hsu probably should win supporting actress yeah. for the same movie. Those have to be the two best performances that went head to head. I, I I agree with you. Michelle Yeoh's my top five for lead actress, and Stephanie Hsu's been my lead supporting actress, uh, my favorite supporting yeah. actress all year. I gotta I gotta uh, pick that as well. Okay, best acting achievement in two films. So this is two separate films. Okay. We have Hong Chow she in the menu. In the menu yeah. had great performances. Hong Chow's in the menu and the whale. We have Colin Farrell, and you could pick one of his four movies. I'm picking After Yang and the Banshees of Inisherin. 
but you can go with the Batman or 13 Lives. Sure. Leia Seydoux in One Fine Morning and Crimes of the Future. She's really good in Crimes of the Future as well. Mm. Mia Goth in X and Pearl. God, she was good in Infinity Pool as well. It was scary good. Uh, Regina Hall was really good at the beginning of this year and Master and Honk for Jesus Save Your Soul, which I didn't catch up to till the end of the year. She's really funny in that. Paul Mescal, very good in God's Creatures as well as After Sun. Terrible movie. I could pick uh, Jenna Ortega in a couple films, but I'm going to choose The Fallout and Scream. She's also very sure. good in X. Emma Thompson in Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, or Matilda the Musical. And we both had a lot of praise for Letitia Wright in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and The Silent Twins. If you don't pick Emma Thompson for your winner in this category, <laughs> you are a fraud. Oh, come on. Do I have to? You've you've praised the the amount of times that you've not only praised her in Matilda, but also nominated Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, thus far in the Mike Mike and Oscars for these categories. I didn't necessarily love her performance. I mean, it's a great performance. It's just really vexing because she's just arguing with him that whole movie, Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. (laughs) It's just arguing, arguing. I mean, she goes at him the whole movie and then literally goes at him. I've planted... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then carnally goes at him as well. Uh, yeah. I've planted my flag in this hill. Um, yeah. Do we do best directing achievement in two films in one year next and have the uh, only nominee be Ty West? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, we could. That That's a, right. that's a Mike One declaration, so uh, there you go. I mean, that what he did there with that trilogy. Can't wait to see Maxine. The correct mm-hmm. answer is probably Hong Shao or Mia Goth, maybe Colin Farrell, but... Mm-hmm. This is going to be, for me, like when the Academy Awards someone for their screenplay, even though the directing did all the heavy lifting or vice versa, because I'm picking Jenna Ortega for reasons beyond just the two or three movies listed there, but I think she had the best breakout year of 2022, so I'm going to choose my winner. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think... uh... I think I love Colin Farrell in The Banshees of Inisherin. I think I love Leia Seydoux in One Fine Morning, and she is very good in Crimes of the Future. Mia Goth, I've had some issues with the performances. Man, that's a good pick, Jenna Ortega. I think I'm going to go with a supporting actress in this in this sense, Hong Chao. I loved her in the menu. I loved her in the whale. But ah, man, that's a tough. That's a, this is a tough category. Somebody. Really did some research on this one. <laughs> the Academy's done great here. I forgot to pick this one going in, so I'm a little stymied. But Hong Chao, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with a supporting actress. The quality of performance there is pretty awesome. All right, <laughs> I, I mean, just read. I just read your honorable mentions about Dominic West. <laughs> look at honorable mentions here are Florence Pugh. Don't worry, darling, in the Wonder. Anya Taylor Joy, <laughs> The Northman in the Menu. Christian Bale and Thor: Love and Thunder in the Pale Blue Eye. Viggo Mortensen, Crimes of the Future and Thirteen Lives, and Dominic West and Downton Abbey in New Era, and John Cena in the Bubble. <laughs> that's, that's great work by you. That is a joke for you and I and nobody else. <laughs> that was a good job. All right. All right, some yeah. some declarations we want to make about actors of 2022. Yeah, and look, we've covered the hell out of the Oscar snubs in the lead and supporting categories. <laughs> and John Cena in the bubble. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to like discuss the same old names for lead and supportings. Yeah. So I want to draw attention to some performances that really never got the traction they deserve. So we're going to make some declarations now for some great performances, some unsung lead and supporting performances. We'll start with the lead performances of the year. And I'm going to say Antonio Banderas in official competition, Melissa Barrera in Scream, Mm -hmm. Dale Dickey in a love song, Kaije Kagame in St. Omer, Vicky Crapes in Krishash. Krishash. Jonathan Majors in Devotion, Tussaud Mbedu in The Woman King, and Amber Mid-Thunder in Prey. Great. A lot of great selections in a great category. Mm. Trying to trying to shine some light on uh, some overlooked performances there. I think everyone would expect me to pick Melissa Barrera. Oh, I, yeah. You, you don't have to pick there. I was just de- declaring. Oh, you're just, but oh, you just... Oh, I thought pick. this was... Yeah, a, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to... I was going to... I wasn't cr- as crazy about Prey as everybody else, and uh, as you specifically. I know you're very, very high on it uh, compared to me. But I would go either Amber Mid-Thunder or Tuso Mbedu from The Woman King, probably. Yeah, cool. Uh, I don't know who I would pick, so we yeah. better move on to the next category. <laughs> yeah, I didn't plan other. to pick. 
some unsung. I just see lists and I have to pick. I'm in that mindset with this uh, with this award show in front of me here. Some unsung supporting performances we both loved. Uh, Tena Huerta in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. He's a star in the making if he's not already, surely. Mm-hmm. Lashana Lynch from The Woman King, Luke McFarlane in Bros, Sheila McCarthy in Women Talking, Jenna Ortega from Scream as well, Rachel Sennett in Bodies, 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 Bill Skarsgård from Barbarian, and West Study from A Love Song. Okay, let's continue with these performance categories. I wanted to do a best cameo performance, and then I realized certain movies had great sets of cameo performances, and this is harder than you'd think. So I don't know if we should mention any spoilers here. Do you? Do because you, I don't want to spoil anybody of who's cameo. So I'll just say this, Michael: Babylon, Bros, Doctor Strange Two, The Fablemans, Glass Onion, and Hustle. Those are my six sets, six movies, six nominees here for cameo performances. So, the cameos you get from Doctor Strange Mm -hmm. are like feeding red meat to a tiger pen. (laughs) Right? Like one in particular. I could say two, but there's one in particular that's like, oh my God. And it's very smartly done. I mean, cleverly done, I guess. Mm-hmm. Probably should be the answer. We both love different cameos in the Fablemans for very different reasons. Um, two two great ones in the Fablemans. Yeah, I'm I'm like talking my way through this because I didn't pick this one ahead of time. Like we're 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 pandering to ourselves when we say hustle all the basketball people. Yeah, right. I think uh, in terms of sheer comedy, the the performances in Bros are hilarious. Sure. A lot of SNL, a lot of comedians, uh, a lot of iconic actors in Bros. I what think. Were the, what, what were the surprises in Glass Onion? What am I not remembering? Well, in the early goings of Glass Onion, you tweeted about it. There was some fun celebrity cameos, and then I think there's a recurring cameo in Glass Onion that's really funny, Daryl. The character yeah. of Daryl. Yeah. Who's, right. uh, it kills me. He's great. He's great. So this um, is a hard category to pick. It is a hard Michael. category. I uh, surprisingly will go the Fablemans, hmm. I think. It's a very personal reason to me. I don't, I don't think I disagree. Because I think when I had this category as best cameos, like I had P.J. Byrne from Babylon involved. But then I but that's I not had a to, cameo. Right. But I had two... Can't, you're right. It's not a cameo. It's a bad term. But it was just a, a, a small amount of performance, even though it's a large amount of performance in a small scene. Just like a one scene or a one or a tour right. kind of thing. And you're right. I think the Fablemans deserves it uh, because of one actor, and you're going to pick it because it because of another actor. But we right. both could be right. Right. I can't. Well, you're believe- wrong. But I can do that. <laughs> I can't believe we picked the Fablemans to win an award. I here. know. Me too. I'm we shocked. Didn't, we kind of. <laughs> Didn't like it, but anyway. Didn't even make my top 25. No. Like, yeah. Okay. All right. Best ensemble not nominated at SAG, because you and I do like the SAG ensembles of Banshees, yeah. Everything Everywhere, The Fablemans, yes, and then Babylon and Women Talking. So the best ensemble not nominated at SAG, I have the nominees as such. Bros, Glass Onion, She Said, The Woman King, and you know, F it, I love the acting. It's this R award show. I'm going to say Scream. So Gail's dead, right? You're with me on that? In, in Scream 6? Yeah. No way she makes that alive. I'm worried about her. Yeah, she's in trouble. Right. Well, we haven't. Are are we gonna? We're gonna. Have, are we gonna like, have time <laughs> on the Oscars morning? What? Are, when are we gonna I don't know. do? I you know no what? We're gonna have an Oscars weekly Eve morning show when we review the indie spirits that we might record. Maybe on like we a, tell everyone it's the indie spirit show, but we just do a scream preview. <laughs> I don't know how we like. We have to do that movie. I don't know. We're, how we're still do. going to scream on opening yeah. night, aren't we? Right. I, yeah. We have to. Of course we are. So, yeah. So, So that's probably when we'll do our Scream 6 preview show. (laughs) It'll be Indie Spirits and it'll be Scream 6. (laughs) Oscars week. The kickoff Oscars week. (laughs) Everybody goes to an Oscars podcast for. Yeah. Um, Thank God we're not owned by anyone. I'll tell you. (laughs) Imagine pitching that to a boss. You want to do what? (laughs) Um. I, I, uh, bros, I respect the hell out of what they did with their ensemble. 
mm-hmm. uh, having you know both people in front of and behind the camera who are LGBTQIA plus. Love that. Um, just out of personal bias, I would pick probably either Scream or She Said, but I don't think there's a bad answer here. I'll go with She Said just because that, I mean, spoiler alert, but that's one of my top movies of the year. Yeah, this is a hard category to pick. I... The Woman King, Viola is awesome in it, and then Tuso Mbedo is awesome in it, and Lashana Lynch is awesome in Woman it. Woman King's like, very good. On the strength of those three... Um, I, I, like just on the strength of the two leads and, and she said, I would agree with you. And you got some other fun. God, you got some good performances. And she said as well, I'm going to go mm-hmm. with the woman King. And um, yeah, it's a tough, that is I, tough. Not a bad answer there. I'm shocked that that did uh, the woman King did not get nominated for SAG Stupid. ensemble at the end of the it's, day. I mean, the, the way that movie has been treated, especially the more we talk to, you know, the Ryan McQuaid's and the Clayton Davis's the more everyone's like, you know, what more did Gina Prince Brythewood played the game and she still got treated like, that's just wrong. What yeah, it was that a good movie. movie. Wrong. That was a good movie. Anyway, most erratic year of performances. No I like this. To, no way to segue, but it was an erratic year of performances for Tom Hanks and Pinocchio and Elvis yeah. and then A Man Called Otto. It was an erratic year for Harry Styles. More so in Don't Worry, Darling. I did not see My Policeman. Once it got slammed by the reviewers, I didn't see it. Uh, Hugh Bonneville and Downton Abbey, A New Era, and I Came By. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly for his performance in I Came By. But Range. Range. He did a Tom Cruise Magnolia scene in how he cried during Downton Abbey. You remember that? No, I don't. He, like, cried just like... <laughs> it was really ugly crying immediately. <laughs> fast. And I may have blacked that whole experience out from my mind. The down, the you're missing Abbey out. Movie. You should rewatch it. It's on uh, uh, Amazon uh, and, Par- uh, right. and Peacock now. Sure, not going to do that, ever. But, anyway, yeah. uh, Hugh Bonneville. Uh, he's P- Paddington's dad, for anybody who doesn't remember. Anyway, Mark Rylance, really good performances, but erratic in the outfit and bones and all. He is the actor's actor. And then la- last night, I watched Lyle Lyle Crocodile to basically say, like, in a there will be blood, <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis sense, I'm finished. <laughs> that was it. I'm finished with movies from last year. After watching Scoop McNary and Lyle Lyle Crocodile, he, he was also in Luckiest Girl Alive and Blonde. I'm a big fan of his. He does good work here, but oh my God, what an erratic year for Scoop McNary. So is it is is Tom Hanks's year erratic or just like, well, was got- he mad at his agents and handlers and managers <laughs> when he accepted these roles? He's like, I'm putting you all through this. He does some good acting in Elvis. It's just behind a... Jar, you know, jar or jar, not a June jar, jar pinks. Uh, what do you call him? Job of the hut, goop. Yeah, yeah. it was a weird and then Pinocchio, too. It's just like, what the hell are you doing? Tom? That was manic. <laughs> that was a manic performance. And I think a, a really strange script was a man called Otto. I did not expect, I did not expect that storyline, even though I read the book years earlier. I read the book. This is how crowded my brain is. I read the book like 15 years before I watched, or 10 years before I watched A Man Called Otto. It was mm-hmm. called A Man Called Uve. I forgot right. the whole thing, watched the movie, and I was like, what the hell is going on here? Uve. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody made fun of him for his name. They actually made fun of him for his name, so I'm an ass for just doing that just now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, good. All right. Good. Well, at least I'm consistent. Tom Hanks is my answer. <laughs> yeah, that's the correct answer. I would agree. Uh, let's have some final also Mike declarations regarding some best scenes. Funniest scene, Michael. Yeah, Hello College You're from Babylon. Goddamn right it is. It's funny, <laughs> Mike. I was slapping the table in front of me. I would like it was me. I will remember it until the day I die. There were four people in the theater with me to watch Babylon, and me and this one other guy, like three rows in front of me, all the way to the left, were dying at that scene. Yeah, that got me good. It got me good as well. Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Craziest action scene, Michael. A- anything from RRR. They just yeah, they were all crazy. They were all awesome. I can't believe I saw some of the stuff I did in RRR. Uh, how I spent my Friday evenings. Happiest naked in the rain scene. Lady Chatterley's lover, lover with a bullet. Yep. Why do you do this to not only yourself, but more so me? <laughs> when you, you know the pain it causes me. <laughs> It's it's a good scene. I'm just saying. It's a really, really happy, naked scene. Mm-hmm. 
the uh, the award we give out every year, the most and least helpful ghosts. Yeah, the black phone. They were <laughs> most correct. and least helpful. Yeah. Why are you calling me? <laughs> and of course, we have the uh, appropriately named the gross ass butt puke award for achievement and metaphor about bad men, but getting other bad men. Yeah, this is of course Pino- Pinocchio. <laughs> uh, of course. <laughs> Yeah, moving true. on, moving on to the best dance scene. And this is harder than you'd think, right? Because everybody would say Natu Natu is getting the Oscars publicity now. And RRR right. is a nominee here. But we had the opening credits of After Yang with this like American Idol national dance scene, uh, that, that national dance program of the future where mm-hmm. you play along. Great idea. I can't believe that's not being, you know, that's not the next big thing. Anyway, probably white. White Noise, the closing credits of White Noise to LCD Sound Systems, New Body Rumba, fun scene. We have Bardo's David Bowie's Let's, Let's Dance sequence. Great Let's scene. dance. Great scene uh, in Bardo, which was hard. That's why it was hard to dislike Bardo as much because that, that scene was in there. Uh, we have uh, Ticket to Paradise where, uh, I mean, look, there's a funny House of Pain jump around scene between Clooney and Roberts, which was fun. Do they play... The Eddie Money song at any point during that movie? They have to. That's a great question. I don't remember it. I don't remember it. I'll have to rewatch to find out because I enjoyed that watching that movie. Did I Have I told you my father, who has not seen a movie since Patton, saw the commercials for Ticket to Paradise and was like, oh, I want to see that. Well, but did he see that? That's the question. No, of course. No, he's not going to. All right. <laughs> it didn't work then. Right. <laughs> it's, it's the closest it. any film has come in 45 years. Okay. Well. Good to know. Uh, After Sun, best dance scene. After Sun had uh, yeah. maybe two great dance scenes, dance scenes in there. Surprising to... for such a terrible movie. <laughs> Under pressure. <laughs> Give me a break. I said RRR already. It deserves to be there. And then Babylon had an opening party sequence. Everybody's dancing their asses off. Hey, apologies to everybody and apologies for my whiteness. It's Babylon. <laughs> <laughs> could be Babylon there. Look, I, I still say it's RRR, but it was it was a harder category to pick. The yeah. not too not too scene. It was a good year for dance fantastic. in film. I agree. Good Great. job by you putting that together. Yeah. Uh, funnest dumb story of the year. Okay. You won't believe this, but Lyle Lyle Crocodile was fun <laughs> as hell. A singing croc befriends a cat and a family to overcome stage fright and win a lawsuit. Of course, Hollywood keeps making the same movies over and over again. <laughs> Violent Night is Santa Claus and Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Minions, The Rise of Gru is about ailing, aliens serving an evil child. <laughs> Inuo, speaking of evil children, but these are cursed children. Uh, Inuo is about two cursed children that become rock stars and basically have a rock concert in feudal P- Japan for the last hour. And then we have The Lost City, which uh, is Romancing the Stone, which was also dumb fun back when it was Romancing the Stone. Marcel the Shell with Shoes On doesn't make this category? Yeah, but the plot... An animated seashell with shoes that loves (laughs) Leslie Stahl. Animated seashell by the seashore. Yes. (laughs) Love love corsage. Uh, That doesn't make the cut here? It's a good pull. It's a good pull. You know? I I had a friend who... uh, one of the last talks I had with him, he, he passed on because of cancer, unfortunately. But one of the last yeah. talks I had with him, he was like, I love when two things come together. When two things are combined <laughs> and they they make sense, they're simple, they can be described in two words. I appreciate that. Like, you know, pro wrestling, stone mm-hmm. cold E.T. <laughs> Santa, and I, you saying Santa Claus Die Hard made me think of that. So that, that's simple. That's something he would have liked, I think. It worked. Yeah, that's for sure. And and pour one out for your homie there. Violent yeah. Night. I'll go with uh, I'll go with that answer too. Yeah. Uh, and you have uh, one more final category. Yes. For me, Michael. Well, I'm presenting it, <laughs> but I would not have been able to come up with this category. Uh, I'm glad you did. I hope you got everything you need here. So before we reveal our top tens of the year, let's do arguably the most important category of every Mike Mike and Oscars here to forthwith. Yes. Right. The finest Fifi film of 2022. Uh, no, we will not be describing it because you'll understand what the, uh, mm-hmm. what the definition is as we go on here with the nominees. Downton Abbey, a new era. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Persuasion. Lady Chatterley's lover. 
And Mr. Malcolm's list, I'd also like it to be known that I'm pretty sure you had Lady Chatterley's Lover nominated in more categories than Everything Everywhere All at Once. (laughs) Well, this is the Mike Mike and Oscars, and I'm a mama's boy, very clearly. What a shock. An Oscar podcaster (laughs) is a mama's boy. Uh, Yes, so, okay. She's gotten me into this literary genre, bodice genre, whatever, and... My mother's gotten me into the bodice ripping genre. That's what's happened. <laughs> good God. But, and look, these are good stories. These are good movies. And I like all five. I'm going to say the movie that's grown on me the most is Mr. Malcolm's List. And I'm going to pick it here. Even though I think on first watch, wow. I, I would have said. like it. I would have said Persuasion, but rewatching Mr. Malcolm's List with my mom was fun. And uh, it's the it's the the only movie I rewatched in this category, and I'm gonna pick it. Finest Fifi film, Mr. Malcolm's List, the prestigious winner of the <laughs> Finest Fifi Film Award. Good. All right, we're gonna finish with top tens. Honorable mentions abound. Everything we mentioned this episode. Look, I had a huge list of B pluses this year, which is I think the strength of the film year. Mm-hmm. I will say all the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Moon Age, Daydream, Navalny, or Three Docs. That almost made my list. Turning Red, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On are two animated films. And then I had Babylon Smile, Elvis, After Sun, Bones and All, a couple live action movies that would formulate my top 20, I would say. But I'm going to count down. Babylon didn't make it to your top 10? It was hard. It was, you know, the rewatch took it down. Yeah, you didn't like it on the rewatch. It was going to be my top five. I liked it on the rewatch. I just didn't like the last hour, I would say. And Swell kind of made the case for some things, but. She did. You know, it was a good, it was a it was a weird episode for us because I was on a high after the first watch and then I rewatched it and yeah that happens sometimes. Anyway, number ten, RRR, utterly preposterous as an action film, as a historical film. I don't know, but so much fun. RRR. I'm glad it had some awards traction this year. It has a gr- so many great scenes in it. Go watch it, people. Uh, my number nine is Scream, best whodunit, best slasher of the year. My I number thank, 12, yep. I thank you, Michael, for reinvigor- reinvigorating my love for this franchise. So Scream's my number nine. Honor Society, I mentioned it a few times, best teenage dirtbag movie of the year. Really funny comedy. It's on Paramount+. Plus. I love it when great actors become, great young actors become movie stars. And uh, Angry Rice and Gaetano Matarazzo of uh, Stranger Things there. Yeah. Uh, Angry Rice is from The Nice Guys and, and many other bit parts that she's doing a great job with. Think 10 Things I Hate About You with more of an edge, more of a slicker screenplay. Directed by uh, Oren Zegman. And she's uh, now a director to watch for me. So that's cool. eight. Uh, Rise, this is the Giannis and Tedekumpo story. Uh, you were that the, high on it. I can't believe I'm this high on it. And I can't believe my father, who doesn't watch as many movies as as uh, as me, but he dared to recommend this to me on Disney+. Plus. He's like, you have to watch Rise. It's the wow. best movie of the year. And I was like, there's no way. There's no way <laughs> he's correct. Not only was it a good basketball movie but it was a great coaching movie a great parents movie a great brothers movie rise is just like a great movie i couldn't believe it and i couldn't believe it in, the, in my prejudice of uh, against a, a tv a made for tv film you know and here huh. it was awesome movie rise Giannis and tetacumpo story go watch it um that's seven she said is my six I've rewatched She Said three times since the New York Film Festival. I wish I wasn't so beaten down. Otherwise, I could have enjoyed some of these more uh, in in a first-time watch. But She Said is something that's grown on me, like other journalism movies of the past. So maybe it's just the genre. Spotlight, All the President's Men, She Said is on that level. It is one of my favorite genres, absolutely. I have Girl Picture. Girl Picture was a favorite film from Sundance last year. It is a Finnish coming-of-age story that is just good for the soul where you're, you know, as filmmakers, they're teaching young people a lot of healthy lessons about love and sex and friendship, and Girl Picture is a really awesome coming-of-age movie. It's hard to do those correctly. It's a favorite genre of mine. You and I have loved, like, the Bo Burnham movies, uh, seventh, eighth grade in the past. I remember how excited you were uh, reviewing Girl Picture. Girl Picture show. has stayed in my top ten all year, and there it is. 
Tar, especially after talking with Ryan McQuaid. Go back to listen to Ryan McQuaid's pitch for it. I agree with him. I just rewatched Tar last night. Uh, it, it holds up. Cape uh, Blanchett is phenomenal. Decision to leave, Michael, might be the biggest jump of any movie you know, that made uh, vaulted into my top 10 this year decision to leave. I did not love on first watch, even though I was riveted by the first hour, but it was number four film of the day for me at the New York film festival. I was exhausted, but rewatching decision to leave was a joy. Having that be the fourth film of the day. I could absolutely see why you were lower on it because it's, I mean, it is such a slow drawn out first like hour and a half. And I love the detective mystery well of it. Yeah, I love well the done. direction, the editing, and the cinematography. It's worth a study. And when I think back to it, you know what? I love the neo-noir, messed up messaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's not a necessarily a feel-good movie. I will say no, that. No, it is not. People. <laughs> but the rewatch was next level for Decision to Leave. All hail Park Chan-wook. I want to yeah. rewatch his whole filmography, for Christ's sake, after, after that movie. Uh, number two, and, and this is where you know these top ten lists are sometimes favorite over best, but I have to say one of my favorite movies of the year is Prey. Uh, again, the Predator franchise. It. And Amber you're not Mid- alone. Thunder. A lot of people were huge on that movie. Dan Trachtenberg is one of my favorite uh, you know, filmmakers since uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane that I've been begging to make more movies and uh here he does just gr- knocks this one out of the park i was i just thought it was a great action movie a great kind of horror action you know uh, and a great perspective that you don't get to see and heroes from uh from native american cultures are, are not portrayed on, on a big hollywood way and unfortunately they were not portrayed on the big screen this year this movie would have made a ton of money and should have made a ton of money sure that was a missed opportunity okay finally everybody knows I'm kind of fond of Top Gun Maverick. What was the grade differential between your number one and number two movie of the year? Four points. Top Gun. That's a lot for you. Far and away. You might. I mean, considering you had so many B pluses, you know what I mean? That's that's quite the, that's a whole third of a letter grade. It was my favorite. It was the best. I just thought it was such a great composition. Can I do another 10 minutes on Top Gun Maverick right now? No. I But I just thought it was. Let me ask the producers. A lot of fun. And, and I rewatched it twice. I rewatched it once in the theaters. I rewatched it once on Paramount+. Plus. I've saved it. I've savored it. Top Gun Maverick is <laughs> Maybe I'm just the 80s baby that this is a perfect pandering toward. No, I mean, you don't have to apologize for having it. So it is one of the 10 best pictures of the year, according to the Academy. And it did make like the fifth most money of any movie in the, in the domestic box office history. Yeah, it may bring us. You don't into have to world... apologize for being well, so high on that. It may bring us into World War Three because, like, how much is it a military porn movie? I don't know, but it's it's awesome. It's an awesome movie. That would be hilarious if Top Gun Maverick was the fucking straw that broke the World War Three camel's back. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> like, that'd be a perfect way for this country to go. <laughs> Uh, uh, a respectable top 10, I would say. We did have a lot of crossover, which, I mean, you having, you've, having seen every movie and me having seen 2022 was a lot more TV than it was movie for me. So my movie watching was far less, but I did have a top 25 to start with. But we had a lot of crossover. I'm starting 3,941st on my list was Avatar 2. And then we <laughs> skip a few. Uh <laughs> I had the Batman, that was my number 25, but it shared the same uh, grade as Resurrection, Cha-Cha, Real Smooth, and Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Just above that with like the likes of Weird, 13 Lives, Elvis, and Men. Uh, you had... Men, high on your list. I liked I liked Men, man. I, it was a low B for me, 84, but yeah. you. Uh, I was. Where was Nope for you? Nope was 25, and it was on okay. rewatch. Yeah, but okay. it went way up. It went into my teens on my second watch, and then I watched it at home. And nope, fell off a little bit at home because it's a gotcha. hard. You got to watch it on the big screen. Sorry. No, yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. You get more out of watching it on the big screen, but it did finish in my top fifteen. Decision to leave was my thirteen, and Scream and Bodies, Bodies, Bodies were the two just outside of my top ten. You mentioned my number ten. Uh, we had a crossover there of Tar. Uh, I have that as a high B grade for me. That's my number ten on the year. We've discussed the death. Why was Banshees? Did you talk about Banshees? Did that not make your top ten? You know what, Banshees? I've gone on a roller coaster with. It just makes me feel so bad. <laughs> That's completely legitimate because you have a much harder time with justifying ill feelings from movies than I think I do, and I think that's reflected in 
the cynicism that both of us bring to the table routinely. You enjoy I bring feeling bad a ton sometimes. of it, and you yeah. don't like bringing a lot of cynicism to it. <laughs> so that makes a lot of sense. I can get that. When I am uh, when I am fifty years old, maybe Banshees will be my favorite movie. <laughs> Might be why it wins Best Picture this year. It's number nine for me, baby. Banshees of Inishir. <laughs> Uh, it's how many fingers I'll have left, too, after living it out. Wakanda Forever was number eight. It's tied for Banshees, as is All Quiet on the Western Front. Those are all, I mean, the the same grade that I give them, I kind of parse them out by mm. my favoritism towards them. So All Quiet is the best of my 87 B pluses. Uh, that's number seven. Wakanda Forever was my number eight. Banshees was my number nine. I have Maverick in my top ten. It's number six on the year for me. Good. Uh, same grade as Marcel the Shell. Speak No Evil, which is my number four, and Babylon, which I still had as my number three, but those are all my 88s. And all then right. I had... we, we could have a sixth Mike Mike and Osters then, then uh, <laughs> in, in, in this case. Now we can do that. I liked I put Marcel the Shell ahead of it, though, because I had a more of a visceral, emotional reaction from watching Marcel the Shell than I did at any point with Top Gun. And Top Gun, mm-hmm. you, you rewatch all these movies. I tend to think back as like, I'll, I'll grade it when I'm out of the theater. And then I'll think back to how I felt about it and what stuck with me most. Mm -hmm. Uh, Elvis gained a lot of points in that way. Top Gun gained a lot of points in that way. And there were movies that dropped, like Scream lost a couple points in that way. Okay, Uh, That's just how I go about grading these things. But Top Gun gained a lot of points. It's up to my number six. Marcella Shell, like I said, five. Speak No Evil is one of the most crazy horror movies I've seen in a long time. For Mm -hmm. I still am high on Babylon, even though that did lose points after our swell conversation. And then I had two A-minuses on the year. 290s uh one was everything everywhere all at once which i i know a lot of people have said that it's like it soured them a little bit since they first watched it you <laughs> included uh yeah. you weren't as high on it on on rewatch i again i haven't rewatched it maybe i will i don't tend to go back and necessarily rewatch a lot of movies i'll stick with my first impression i'll go back and rewatch them years later sometimes uh but not usually within the span of having seen them that's strange because uh you haven't mentioned that before because i think um there's some movie like like the obviously Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where I watched like five times, but that's yeah. also one of my favorite movies. But of you all time. you are you are a guy who like just tweets about random movies that and that's why because you're watching the movie I guess immediately. Yeah, usually. So usually. yeah, yeah. We we probably should do more retrospectives. Hmm. Why well, start now? You know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> number one, my number one was She Said. Uh, obviously, I think uh, you know. I, I don't think we've hidden what your number one and what my number one have been all that well throughout this year. I think it's pretty obvious if you've listened to us at any point. Uh, I think the way the protagonists were portrayed and she said is something wholly unique. I think it's a very feministic champion move championship movie with those two leads. I think you could, I could make the case to have several supporting nominees from that movie uh, that were Oscar caliber performances. Uh, I think the screenplay was great. I think it's one of the most like, shrewdly directed films of the year because it preys on so many different emotions of the viewer and i thought it might have a chance to do better on like the sag level or the academy level but it's also completely explainable why it didn't do well because like when we had clayton davis on it's the type of movie that basically put a mirror in front of all these people and was like man y'all are culpable in this yeah it's not an easy conversation to have and you had a tight you know, set of grades for this whole year for you. I mean, the woman King is at 85 in your 14th spot. And then you, you know, you got all quiet with 87 in your seventh spot. So it's only two points away. So it was was kind of a bunched up year where we could have went a lot of different directions, I think. And it was the same for my grades, even though I'm much weirder in my grades. Like I have a million 88s, I have a million 87s. And I don't know why I do that. I probably should spread it out more. But you I, can't. I mean, for all the movies you watch, how are you going to spread it out? I guess I can't. I just know what an 88 is now. I know what an 87 <laughs> is now. For me, in my brain, you're right. Thank you for making me you're double welcome. down on my grading system. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be lost. I'd be a lost soul. You helped me. Just that. <laughs> you're welcome. Avoided catastrophe there. A real existential Oof. crisis sidestepped. Good. Uh, that is it. That is your 2022 Mike, Mike, and Oscars award show. Uh, we figured we'd get it out in front of the Oscars this year. The last couple of years, I think we uh, had it well after, and we just <laughs> were exhausted. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> to be honest. Good job by you also, Mike, as always, pulling this together and getting the format and all the categories and nominations down. Uh, my hat's off and my thanks to you, good sir. 
yeah, it's probably wise for words of wisdom, and I'll, I'll humble brag at this point. But it's not really a brag. It's like a cry for help. It's wise not to watch 336 new movies in one year. I mean, I know people watch more than me, but I just have to level with the people. That's that's what went into this episode, and I and it's wise not to do this episode at the end when we are at our most tired. So this this I'm glad this worked out today. Yeah, it did it did work out. We do have nominally more energy now than we usually do when we do this show (laughs) i don't know yeah i don't know if we'll ever get it together to where we could do it like on january 1st but that would be ideal but then can the oscars ever give it get it together to where they do like a pre major precursor show in like the first week of january again that would be good that would be that's something to keep an eye on (laughs) i I doubt it'll happen uh Guys, as always, what matters most to us are your thoughts. Do you have any different categories that you want us to pick winners for? Do you have any different winners for the categories that we set forth in this year's MMOs? We want to know all that as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns you have about anything we do here in the MMO empire. As always, you can leave us all of those on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com. And on Reddit, we are available wherever you do hear podcasts. If you're listening to us on either the Apple Podcasts or Spotify, app if you appreciate what we do if you would not mind leaving us a five-star review those help us out immensely thank you to each and every one of you who have done so thus far michael uh tell the good people what's coming next and you already gave the words of wisdom well we have four special guests booked i think we're trying to book two more people for other specials and we're, we're kind of doing a guest a week which is a lot of fun mm. uh and, and and manageable for us so i mean we have a lot of people that we love to talk to throughout the year and that we want to you know, showcase and, and we're just very lucky. We're very lucky to be, uh, to be, uh, to be able to, to, to talk to some that of these people talk qu- to us. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, that's awesome. So we got a bunch of specials previewing and reviewing the, the rest of the precursors and the rest of award season here. Then we'll do our year and preview series that will kind of relaunch ourselves after our scream six. I mean, in six part, I guess we got to do a six part episode arc of course. for that. Naturally, uh, but no. We, last year we did MMO screams, which was a lot of fun. We got to decide upon, we got to land upon uh, a rewatch series. I don't know if Mike, Mike, and Marty is going to happen for Martin Scorsese, but that could be fun. Was uh, that one could, of was one of the Transformers named Marty? Is that I, 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 I look? We both have veto power. You have veto. <laughs> it's like a marriage. Like you have veto power. I have veto power. I am vetoing the Transformers rewatch. What if I can't you do watch Marty no. Scorsese movies and I review the Transformers <laughs> at the same time? <laughs> Why would you want to do that? I just uh, think the idea of dedicating weeks of content weeks to the Transformers on an Oscars podcast would be hysterical. <laughs> you just fall in love with these meta jokes. Yeah, we and, can't do it. I agree. We cannot do it. But it'd be funny. It would be funny. It would be funny once and then we'd be stuck with <laughs> Rise of the Fallen. Rise of the Fallen. Yeah. Rise of the Fallen is one of the Transformers, the dinosaur one. (laughs) That's the next one. (laughs) What a ridiculous series. (laughs) I didn't like one of them. You know, the only one I liked was the the Beetlebug one. The Beetle? No, that's DC. What was the Bumblebee? Bumblebee. Bumblebee. I like Bumblebee. Bumblebee Bumblebee tuna. (laughs) What's what are we doing? We're just falling <laughs> apart at the end of another episode, which is w- what we always do. But uh, thank you to our listeners is probably something else I should, should yes. say. Um, this is always like a an episode that people go back to. And yes, thank you. Uh, we we always appreciate it. We are always growing because of you, because of the word of mouth. So you guys spread the word because if you put you know if you if you put five stars on an Apple Podcast app that helps us, but you also tell your friends and family about us. So we thank you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you to, to the listeners. Thank you to you also, Mike, for your hard work putting this together. Guys, as always, when reality sucks, you can have a fake award show with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round. Without the stuffiness, we will see you all very soon. And thank you too, Michael. I'll, I'll, I'll relent and say as much. See you. Aww.